Welcome to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast with me, Maya Fisher-French. And with me, Mabalo Maku. Each week, we'll be discussing the stories we're working on, which you can read more about in City Press. And this week, Maya, goodness, this has affected me as a consumer, right? Illegal debit orders. Um, we all know the 99 rand scam that was going through people's accounts. And now APSA and FNB and most of the banks have come out to say that we will reverse this and pay back um, those funds that were stolen, basically, right? Why did it take so long? Why did it take so long? So that was the, <laughs> so, so it was so funny because I went onto Twitter and I, I put up the first one. FNB says they're going to reverse and they specifically mentioned Procall and Mzanzi. And then I just had this flood of people saying, but they can do it now. Why weren't they doing it two years ago? They weren't that impressed with FNB's decision. <laughs> Absa came out next saying, yes, we're also doing it and we're bringing up criminal charges. When I investigated further, it turns out that only Absa and FNB made the public statement, uh, but all mm-hmm. banks agreed to it. So it's part of this Payment Association of South Africa, PASA, and they actually control the debit order space. So all debit orders basically go through them. And it was agreement with all the banks um, that these two particular operators were illegal and they reversed the debit orders. So I I get quite angry because obviously like everybody, I'm thinking, well, hold on guys, if you can do it now, why didn't you do it a couple of years ago? And I actually, in my story, unpack the years of investigative reporting that I have done about this going back as far as 2007. And in fact, in Jeez. 2007, the efforts I made at Bell and Guardian at that time eventually got one of these guys closed down. But I also then to go through, perhaps uh, to be a little bit more fair, some of the, the, the changes that the industry has brought to try and close this down. But basically, to sum it up, what, it, what has happened is that um, they've introduced something called Debbie Check, which is a new system where you're going to authorize the mandates of your debit orders. And if it has not been authorized, it will not go through. So it's a once-off authorization. So if you load up, say, with MTN and you authorize it on your app once, it's now considered a legal debit order. But somebody can't come on and put a debit order through your bank account unless you've authorized it at least once in the first place. But that isn't fully in place yet. It's still being rolled out. The criminals realize the window of opportunity is closing and they climbed in hook, line and sinker, which is why we saw such a massive increase in these, in these scams in the recent months. And as a result, um, FMB specifically went out and investigated. I think they looked at Procall and they listened to the mandate. So these guys did a recorded mandate. So you know when you get a phone call and they say, hi, would you like to sign up for our product? And you give them the bank details. Yes, and the telemarketing. Product. Yeah, telemarketing. Yes. So they claimed that these were genuine mandates. And when in FMB investigated, they discovered that they were not the voices of the customers. They were using fake people. So that gave them the right to say, this is fraud. We are going to reverse every single one of these, of these companies' debit orders. And yes. the, Does it come at a cost, Aya? Does it come at a cost for to, them to reverse all payments? To them, it does. So um, mm-hmm. or any, of, any action that a bank takes, it's not automatic. There's a whole process involved. So you must also remember, yes. they now had to go through all their data. They had to go and find every single person who was affected by this and reverse it. And I think now the fight's going to be who carries that cost. But that fight's going to be yes. between the banks. Because remember, a bank allows... Procall or Mzanzi onto the debit order program. You can't just start a debit order. You actually have to have a sponsoring bank or an acquiring bank. And mm. I, I got this from the Payments Association of South Africa, and they told me that Procall is an F&B client, 
and that Mzanzi is an EPSA client, which may mm. explain why those two banks came out quite loudly to say we're reversing yeah. them, you see, because, and it is separate. I mean, corporate and consumer banks, they, they don't talk to each other. And the, the sense that I got is that, um, in fact, the, the CEO of, of um, Consumer Bank at FMB, uh, Christoph Neuvert said to me that they are making first round go and check every single mandate um, and every single client uh, of their clients, their corporate clients. So I think this is, this is a big move by the banks to actually deal with this and they're going to, to take criminal charges. So I think, I feel like something is happening. It is positive, but I completely understand why the reaction has been from the frustration. Is. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think it also boils down to the fact that please check your, your bank statement regularly, have that instant notification and your banking app download your banking app because a it tells you anything that goes through your bank account and B you can reverse it immediately. Immediately. Hundred percent. Absolutely. So, Marco, I wanted to chat to you about your article this week about what holds you back from a financially successful life, and I think this is such an important point because we have all these beliefs um, mm. that we pick up from our parents, from society around us, that only rich people can and I don't have enough money to and you know all of these things or uh, I've got to pay for too many things I can't save so I just thought maybe we, we would really just share with the listeners some of the some of the top points that you gave um, on the story. 100% Maya I think you know as you mentioned you know we carry all of these myths around and we take them as truth and we never go and investigate for ourselves if this is the truth or not. So I just wanted in the article to show um, and break down those myths, right? Um, one of them being only rich people invest. Mm -hmm. I think this one we smashed from the get-go, beginning of the year, when, we, when I wrote that article of um, what you can invest in for as little as 500 rand. So definitely um, the rich have more disposable income, but within your budget as well, um, you can start investing from as little as 500 bucks, some, some um, asset managers, easy equities and livestock. Um, uh, what, what is this? Um, Fedsure, Fed Group. Fed Group, Fed yes. Fed farming, <laughs> yes, yes. Fed farming, you can yeah. invest from 300 rand. So yeah. that, that myth, um, only the rich people invest, is definitely not true. Another one that I hear quite a lot, Maya, I'm too young to start investing or too young to start thinking about getting my financial life together. And this, is, could, this just could not be further from the truth, right? Because if you start investing at a younger age, you have time on your side, and therefore compound interest that will work to, work to, to your favor. So starting to invest from a very young age gives you uh, even a better chance of becoming wealthy, um, even at the age of 40 or 50. I mean, I love the example you used. You know, you showed two women, one who, who saved just till the age of 28 and never saved again, um, or never contributed again, and then one who only started at 28 until 65. And the one who started at the age of 22 to 28 actually ended up with a, a million, nearly a million rand more because of that compounding. And again, compounding is about 100, goes to 200, goes to 400, goes to 800. So in the end, those last five, 10 years start to really, really matter. 
100% Maya, 100%. And uh, people always get shocked when I show them that example because they normally assume that the second person will have more money because she's been contributing more money, um, you know, but time is the key there. Well, I think the less money you have, the more time you need. So let's, <laughs> that's a good example. <laughs> that's another way of looking at it. <laughs> then I go into, um, you know, a lot of people think, you know, I need a financial advisor you know, to access a retirement annuity and all these other investments. While, yes, definitely there, there's some truth to it, um, but I think a lot of people are going more towards the do-it-yourself type of DIY. Uh, financial planning. Yeah. DIY, exactly. And you do save a bit of cost. Um, there are some, um, other investments for sure that you definitely need a bit of guidance, but you don't need to start, you know, going with a financial advisor and seeking out professionals. You can read about this material, listen to this podcast. I was just thinking start. exactly that. Okay, <laughs> listen to this podcast and we will simplify investing for you. You can even just send your questions to us and we will answer them. <laughs> All right. And I think and I also wanted to, the, the one that I also thought was very interesting to end off with was um, last year's top performer is a safe uh, this year and going forward. This, this, this rear view mirror, oh, it did well last year, so it'll do well again. Yes. It's caught so yes. many people out. So many. Um, even I got caught out <laughs> with that one when I started in my career. I would look at the best performing fund. I'd be like, oh my goodness, look at that one. It did uh, 20%. You know, um, earlier when, after the financial crisis, funds were performing so well. And I would look at this fund fact sheet and think to myself, geez, that's the one I want to invest in. And the following year, when you look back, it's done 9% compared to 23%. So just don't invest uh, based on past returns and there's always a disclaimer but we just don't seem to get it um, and they, I mean the real difference is actually fees isn't it I mean if you I think that's what more I think you spoke about Morningstar um, you know about investors switching in and out and, and trying to chase yes, return yes, but Morningstar yes, also yes. makes the point that fees matter you, you may not be able to guarantee your return next year but you do guarantee your fees Oof. Oof, <laughs> that <she> is <laughs> Maya, an exciting, exciting time for banking. Um, this week, Time Bank launched. And there's been a phrase about it on Twitter, people talking about it. Um, they recently launched and they have over 80,000 people who've subscribed to it, right? And the pull here for Time Bank and these digital banks is that the costs are so much lower. Um, there's no bank fees. And I see one thing that really got me interested um, with Timebank specifically is that they are, you know, a lot of people are jumping onto it because of the interest they're offering um, for your savings. Mm. Tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a, one of the things that Time Bank has come up with is there's no monthly fees. I think it must be the only bank account now with no monthly fees. So you, you only pay for certain transactions. You don't pay for card swipes. You don't pay for cash withdrawals at pick and pay or boxer. So they've really launched as a completely digital bank. You can't go into a branch. There's no like Time Bank yeah. branch. You do everything through pick and pay or boxer stores and obviously online. So your app is, becomes extremely important. Yes. Yeah. So so that's how they're keeping the cost so low. So if you want, if people say, I want low cost banking, understand it comes with no branches, people. If you walk into mm. a branch, it costs you money because all those people behind the till have to be paid. Um, yes. <laughs> whereas pick and pay is paying them to be there anyway. So yes. <laughs> they leverage off that. So then what they've also done, which I think is incredible, is you can open a bank account with your 
uh, fingerprint. And I actually, so basically what they do, the fingerprint gets sent immediately to Home Affairs. Home Affairs verifies, yes, that actually is the person. And they use um, Consumer Profile Bureau to verify your address. You don't need a utility bill. You don't need an ID card. And I put this out on well, Twitter. Stuff. Yeah. No, Fika. Oh, and I put it onto Twitter to confirm that what they were telling me was true. And everybody's open account said, yes, within five minutes with my fingerprint, I had a bank card with my name on it. One or two said there was a glitch. One guy said he doesn't apparently exist in Home Affairs' database, you know, but that's not Time Bank's fault. Um, so so I, it was quite interesting to me that this is actually working, this technology. And this is why we, they talk about this digital disruption, these challenger banks coming through. Because, wow, you're going to go from what we know about banks to a fingerprint um, opening a bank account. And the other thing that I picked up, um, which is exactly the point you made about the interest, there's a big difference between using a bank account as your primary bank account where your salary gets paid um, yes. or using it as a secondary account. And right now, everyone seems to be using time as their secondary account. It takes time to build mm -hmm. up trust, to build up that kind of relationship. So most people are, yeah, are, most people are using that interest rate. I mean, the interest rates are phenomenal. I mean, I'm seriously going, thinking about opening it for myself because the, um, you're getting 6% from your first rand. Um, and then it all depends how long you leave it in there. But if you, yes, after 30 days, it's 7%. And after 90 days, it's 9%. Then, so say you leave it in for 90 days, say you leave it in for 150 days, and then you need to draw the money. If you give them 10-day notice before you draw it, you get an additional 1%. So you actually get 10% on your money. Yeah, what? Yeah. Really I mean, that's a phenomenal. And that's from your first round. That's not locking in for five years. I mean, right. other things. Offering that only over five years, um, so yes. I think that also is. Saying that there's, there's, um, um, twenty. You need to put twenty thousand, thirty thousand. Exactly. Sort of a criteria yeah, there. yeah. So this yes. is, from what I understand, though, I think it is capped at a hundred thousand. Um, yeah. You can only put up to a hundred thousand. I can, I can imagine why. I can yeah. Imagine. yeah. Because <laughs> the corporates <laughs> and big companies. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think certainly an interesting challenger bank. I, um, you know, in my article, I do a comparison to Nedbank's Go Banking, which they launched about 15 years ago in conjunction with Pick and Pay. So very similar model. Um, but, and it never really took off. But I think the times are very different. You know, digital yes, is the market is ready. And of course, the big pull here as well is that you get double Pick and Pay smart shopper points. And anytime you use your time bank card anywhere outside pick and pay, you still also get shopper points. So a really nice built-in um, consumer uh, uh, um, loyalty program there, which is already, yeah. it's already exists. I don't even have to build it up. So I think mm -hmm. smart, clever, cost-effective, definitely one to watch. Well, that's a wrap for today. Um, if our listeners would like to learn more about these or any money-related topics, which, as Maplow pointed out, you can DIY your investments if you do, they can go to the City Press website or your website, womanandfinance.co.za, or my website, myarmoney.co.za. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a WhatsApp voice note to 064-554-3959. And we look forward to hearing from you. Because we want to know what it is that you want to know. You've been listening to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast, featuring the contributors of the City Press personal finance pages.